Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to the NFL Show, Episode 8. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm joined by the best panel in the business. And tonight, we've got a full, we've got a full group. We've got Stacey, we've got Alex, and we've got Beck. Guys, football is finally here. That just felt... I don't know whether it was a combination of the lockdowns here in Australia, uh, but that just felt like the longest preseason on record. But it's finally here. We're all excited. Uh, Alex, what are you most excited about uh, with football returning? The Bears are back. I mean, I'm always excited to see the Bears first week. I think you're right. Preseason felt a little long because I think they took out that fourth preseason game. So there was like a weird gap um, between it. But, you know, it's a good time. College football is back. NFL is back. So I can't really complain right now in lockdown. Yeah, for me, it's uh, it's all, all, all excitement in and around the Patriots at the moment after a bit of a bombshell there with uh, – yeah, you know, uh, Bill Belichick going with with the young guy with Mac Jones. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. I'm, uh, yeah, really excited. Beck, what about yourself? I mean, obviously it's exciting to see your teams play again and play competitively with all your starters, but it's kind of like I'm excited for the stadiums to be full and to hear the crowd reaction and to have the teams react to the crowds and, you know, get that big, loud third down crowd and home game advantages and things like that. It kind of sounds irrelevant because we all watch it on TV, but I feel like, Full stadiums make such a difference for games. Yeah, absolutely. And it might torture a few young quarterbacks who, you know, potentially had a bit of an easy ride last year. But, uh, yeah, going, going playing on the road uh, in, in a full stadium, uh, it's, it's going to be something a little bit different. Stacey, football is back. You've got to be excited. You live and breathe this stuff. Uh, yeah, what, what are you most excited about, though, heading into, yeah, this first week? Oh, look, I think what I'm most excited about is watching the rookie coaches and the rookie QBs coming out um you know it's always I love following player progressions from college through the NFL um and watching them come out and show the world what they've got I think is so super exciting and it's super entertaining all right guys well let's jump into our first segment now uh the breakdown and for our new listeners um this is where we feature uh two key games uh, heading into the round so obviously there's going to be uh there's going to be a lot of football to be played but uh yeah each week we'll be able to dig into a couple of the key feature games and these particular games that we've picked up on you know in, in especially the first one uh we see the the current Super Bowl champions coming up against America's team it's do or die one game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, and our first feature game is going to be the opener, and that's going to be the Dallas Cowboys are going to be taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Alex, talk to us a little bit about this game. Dallas has got to be, be feeling very nervous coming into this one. Yeah, if I was Dallas, I'd be feeling a little bit nervous. However, I think with kind of the health issues they had last year, I think they're kind of coming back this year. So it's going to be interesting to see with a healthy squad, healthy Dak, a improved O-line in front of Dak as well for Zeke. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting fight for the Buccaneers. 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it's certainly going to be a, a big test for Dallas. I mean, you look at this schedule; uh, it doesn't get it doesn't get any tougher coming up against the Super Bowl champions. Stace, one of the things that I guess we've spoken about over the, quite a few episodes is our surprise at Tampa Bay being able to bring back, I guess, the whole team. Uh, I, it rarely gets done because you're in a, in a salary cap era, but you know, you go out, you win a Super Bowl, you bring everyone back, you have a full preseason. Uh, are Tampa Bay going to be better this year? Well, that's one of the biggest, I guess, storylines coming out of this year is can the Bucks go back to back? And all looking well, I think they can. Definitely. Definitely. And Beck, you know, we, we, we've, we've spoken about, uh, you know, the, the, the importance of the offensive line for, for Dallas. And then, you know, obviously we've heard the news that, that Zach Martin, you know, one of the, one of the key uh, cogs there in the offensive line has picked up uh, COVID, unfortunately, and will probably more than likely miss this game. To Alex's point earlier, it's, it's, it's a big blow for Dallas because, you know, we're, where there's a lot of pressure on Zeke to have a big year. Um, and, you know, obviously the way in which the offensive line plays will be critical for Zeke coming into this year. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, missing a key O-lineman definitely affects the way the game is played running and passing. But hopefully um, Zeke's come in. He's been training really hard. He's been working on his faults from last year with the fumble um, issue. And hopefully he can pick that up and, have a good year. Having Dak back, hopefully his best friend in the backfield with him will help him run hard and have a good season. The Cowboys have spent so much time and cap space bulking up their O-line, but they've also spent so much time on their defense as well, which I think is going to be, you know, a, a pretty big factor in the how they start off this year and especially against the Bucks. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, they've got some valuable talent, you know, in Elliot and Dak and everyone, but those guys, you know, don't even come close to what the Bucks have got sitting on their sideline with Antonio Brown and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and and Gronk like it's just it's going to be it's going to be an interesting matchup. All right Alex and let's talk about uh Dakota, one Dakota Prescott because you know it it's been a well it it's been an, an interesting uh last couple of years for Dak. Obviously, you know, he had the the ugly contract dispute which he ended up winning. I, I think he's a he's a very rich man now, but obviously coming off that devastating injury and then he's had a disrupted preseason with a bit of a shoulder injury. Give it to us straight. What, what's your expectation of Dak coming into this game? Do, do you feel like he is going to be 100% healthy like Jerry Jones is trying to sell us? Or do you think there still is a bit of an underlying injury there for Dak? Um, I was actually surprised to see Dak playing week one. I think with the injuries they've been talking about preseason, I was convinced they would keep him out of the week. I think... He, we haven't heard about that shoulder to a huge extent, right? So we're not quite sure what's wrong there. Dallas knows what's wrong. Dak knows what's wrong, but the fans don't. And I think there is that hesitation that lies right there. Okay, great. He's fixed his ankle. Hopefully that stays okay. But now you've got his shoulder coming into play. And as a quarterback, that's a big issue. And if you've got a significant player out due to COVID on the O-line, even though you've plugged a couple holes from last year, that O-line better be able to protect him. Otherwise, who knows what's going to happen to him. Yeah, 100%. Because if, like, Cowboys are in the hard knocks this year, right? So we're watching, you know, Dak come into practice and have limited reps and not allowed to throw, only do handoffs. And, like, so his preseason has been limited. So, yeah, like you said, it's strange that he's listed as playing when he's should be unknown. And when you think about it, really, you know, given his limited snaps at practice, you know, when he wasn't able to throw, he was doing his handoffs. When he wasn't able to do anything, he was studying the football IQ. He hasn't practiced fully together as an athlete and as the former player. And and I imagine that that would be pretty heavy on mindset 
especially for Dak. Yeah, look, it, it is very challenging. And and we're not just talking the fact that he had an interrupted preseason. Remember, he had that big injury last year. So he, it has been a long time since Dak Prescott has uh, has faced live rounds. And uh, Alex, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he is going to feel the heat, uh, you know, coming up against Tampa Bay. You know, talk to us a little bit about this ferocious defense because, you know, we said it last week, you know, they that defense won that Super Bowl. And I, I guess there's no reasons why they can't improve this year because a lot of their players are quite young. Uh, no, and they should just keep getting better and better, right? I mean, they were first in yards per carry. They were first in yards per game as far as their rush defense goes. Their pass defense was ranked 21st in yards per game. So I guess that may be a slight weakness for them, I think, with the young guys. But I think coming back round two for all these players, it, it'll be a, a good time for them. Um, I think one way that they're going to have they're going to have to slow the receiver down because this receiver core for the Buccaneers is insane. Um, so I think the best way for Dallas to do that is to rush Brady. But when you've got an O line like you do for the Buccaneers, he's going to be hard man to touch. Now, Beck, uh, let's talk a little bit about this quarterback in Tampa Bay. So Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. 44 years of age, and I guess if you if you wrote the script of Tom Brady and gave it to, uh, to to a production company, they would turn it away because it's just not believable. Well, it just gets even more dramatic. So Tom has come out and said, look, I was injured. I was injured last year, and he had to actually go in and, and get some medial um, surgery done. Uh, I, I, it, it's just incredible the fact that he was able to, to perform at his level last year. But one of the minor concerns that I have about Tom is he's spoken about his disrupted preseason that, you know, it has taken him a little bit of time to sort of get back in the groove after his knee injury. Um, same question uh, for Tom. What's your expectations for him coming into week one? Is he going to be 100% fit and healthy and firing? I think whether Tom is healthy or not, he's still the greatest of all time, right? Like he's, it's pretty undoubtable that he's going to come in and he's going to play hard and he's going to play well. I think I've seen a quote on the NFL today that he was saying that he feels like he can throw the ball like he did when he was 24. Like he's feeling just as good and just as strong and healthy as he was in his second season of playing football. You've got like, you've got quarterbacks that are accurate, right? But Tom Brady is next level accurate. And if he's saying that he can throw the ball as well as he did 20 years ago, like you have to be terrified of that. Like we're talking back shoulder in between two defenders kind of accurate in a space of millimetres. Like there's, there's no one else that can do that. It's just craziness. And to have him be that good still, man, the Bucs are going to be tough. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's just around this off before we get our prediction is, you know, obviously, you know, Brady's going to be Brady. Uh, their wide receiver core is, is, is sensational. But one of the issues that the Bucks had last year was consistently being able to run the football. I mean, this isn't a team that has the big star one key running back. They sort of do it via committee. But yeah, what, what were your sort of what were your thoughts on their running game last year? And what's your expectations of the Bucks running game early on in the season? I think when you're that strong in the passing game, you tend to neglect your running game. And I think that's what the Buccaneers do. And I think when they have, they've got decent running backs, but they can't, I think this year they might use them as a rotation system. So one year, right? Huh? They had Fournette last year, right? Yeah. And he was pretty Um, productive. Yeah. But like, again, when I don't think they go, they don't go to their running players. They don't need to. Yeah, they don't have like that number one thousand yard rushing 
running back that they use. It's not their go-to play. It's like who, if we were to ask you who's the running back for the Bucks, you'd be like, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's 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 definitely going to be interesting. I think you know if you put all your eggs in one basket of Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones, I just think that you know that it's fraught with danger. I think they're both going to have to contribute, and there's been times where they've been able to just to slow them up and stop the run. So if Dallas can do that, I think it does put a little bit of pressure on Brady, and uh, who knows if there's a little bit of rust with you know given the the limited preseason, the, you know less games and things like that. All right, guys, time to predict this one. Let's go around the grounds. Uh, I guess I'm expecting a clean sweep here of everyone predicting the Bucks. What's everyone thought? Is anyone going to be brave enough to pick the Cowboys or do we see a, a comprehensive win here by Tampa? No, I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of nods there. Alex, what's your thoughts and, and why will the Bucks win this game? I think just they're solid across the board. They're solid on their receiving game. They're solid on their passing game. Their rushing defense and their passing defense are all back from last year. You know, that's a championship winning defense right there. So I'm excited to see the Cowboys new secondary. I think that's going to be interesting to watch those new players out there. And I think this is a good team to test that secondary for Dallas, but I see the Bucks taking out by a touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. By a touchdown? I think by a touchdown. I don't think the Bucks are going to come out and blow them out of the water. I think they are. Oh, well, we, you heard it here first. They're a bit of a bold one there. But, hey, look, week week one football, uh, it does some weird and wonderful things. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that one. All right, guys, well, let's have a look at our second feature game. And we're coming up against two, well, two uh, heavyweights now uh, in the NFL. And I guess we say that with a little bit of hesitation because one of those teams is the Cleveland Browns. And I guess we've all sort of grown up and, and watched that team struggle. But, you know, this is, this is a different unit. On paper, you know, they're arguably – you know, one of the best in the competition. Alex, let's start there. Talk to us a little bit about Cleveland. Where do you think some of their strengths lie, um, especially early on in the season? Look, I'm going to go out there and say I'm not a big fan of Cleveland. have never been a big fan of Cleveland. Not a big fan of Baker Mayfield, but, you know, each to their own. However, I do think they're even better than they were last year. I think they had issues as far as their secondary goes and their defensive line. I think they've plugged those holes, which has been really good for them. So I'm excited to see that. Talk to us a little bit about, I mean, is this just a media beat up in and around uh, OBJ? Because, you know, what what the media is selling is that he's going to come in and he's going to wreck everything for Baker Mayfield because, you know, credit to him. I I guess I'm not the biggest fan of Baker either in terms of the the top elite talent, but, you know, he he certainly was able to be productive towards the the back end of last season. He picked up some form, but is OBJ going to wreck everything for Cleveland or is he going to be another weapon for them? Yeah, look, you know, I I am a Mayfield kind of fan. Like he he's a he's a dog. Like and I like that in a quarterback, you know. He he's got that attitude, he's got that swagger, and he's actually picked up his performance that he can actually start to say some of the things that he's been saying for many many years about himself. Um but I mean, the Browns run this like really heavy, like zone read style offense, which is really centered around Mayfield and his ability to make good decisions, which he hasn't been able to in the past. So by stacking the rest of the receiving core with your Landry, with your OBJ, and then matching up with Chubb in the backfield, it's going to be interesting to see if they revert away from the zone read kind of style and and whether they start to throw a little bit more, get a little bit more settled in the pocket with Baker. Um, But I actually wouldn't be surprised to see him run one in this game. I'm 100% with Jason on this one. I think they're going to look to their run game a little bit more. I think with they've got a great double-headed monster as far as their running game goes in Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think if you look at the games last year and the stats last year, their wide receiver improved when OBJ got injured. So with him back in the mix, 
I don't know how that's going to go as far as the receiving core. And I think Mayfield is better on a bootleg and I can see him definitely running one in. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think if you look at Cleveland, Beck, are we right in saying that Nick Chubb is their most damaging player there at running back? Yeah, for sure. Like he's a thousand yard rushing receiver. He's carried the ball in 12 times last year. So you're going to see it happen again this year with the, you know, the addition of Baker carrying a couple in himself. All right, guys. Well, that's uh, that's the Cleveland Browns. They're going to be better. Uh, there's a lot of expectation on them to be successful this year, but they're coming up against a, a bit of a, a bit of a powerhouse in the Kansas City Chiefs. They did obviously lose the Super Bowl last year, but this is a team that we all expect could, I, I guess, almost create a little bit of a dynasty given how stacked some of their rosters are. <laughs> Alex, we're, we're, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, he, he's he's a player that doesn't necessarily get talked to, talked about a lot because. We just expect him to be great. Will Patrick Mahomes be great in this opener? I think he will. I mean, you look at the receiving core around him and, you know, your series make you look as good as your ability to pass the ball. Um, And I definitely think that Mahomes is going to be a good one. I think this is going to be a great battle game for Kansas City because it's a repeat of last year's playoffs games. And that was an intense game in itself. So it's going to be exciting to watch Mahomes on this one, I think. And I think that, you know, what Kansas City does so well is that they do a little bit of everything in their passing game. And so because they've got so many wide receivers that are so threatening, that because they run this, like, the passing game is so hyper-efficient. Everyone is going, you know. So you've got um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, he's running, you know, a, a short bubble route, you know, while, you know, they're, they're isolating Kelsey. You know, everyone's looking at Kelsey and then he pops one off to Tyreek Hill. I mean, it's just it's so multifaceted and always moving that that's where the struggle is going to be for a defense is keeping track of all the moving component. And I think when you've got a new secondary like the Browns do, this is going to be an interesting one to watch for the Chiefs as far as their passing game goes. But I do like that they've bolstered their O-line, which was an issue for them last year. So as you mentioned, with their running back game for the Chiefs, I mean, look – I love Clyde. I think he's probably on road to be one of the best running backs in the league. So I'm excited with his new O-line to kind of see what he can pull off as far as his run game goes. And Beck, uh, you know, I, I think what's interesting about Kansas City is, you know, what, one of the misconceptions about them is that they are a perfect football team. And they're definitely not. They're, they're, there are games where, you know, that whether they struggle to, to, to run the ball defensively, um, you know, there, there are games where they are exposed. But I guess what's most impressive about them is Andy Reid's ability to kind of pivot. And a particular player that I guess is a bit of a safety net for, for Patrick Mahomes is this tight end of theirs, uh, Travis Kelsey. Am I right in saying that, you know, regardless of, 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 of how the game goes, whether it's going good or bad, you know, Patrick Mahomes, knowing that he has Travis Kelsey there, it's a, it's a huge, I guess it's a huge uh, factor there for the, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, if they were a perfect team, they would have won the Super Bowl last year, right? Like, clearly not a perfect team, but they have some pretty amazing players and pretty go-to players, and Travis Kelsey is definitely one of them. He's the tight end that's going to, you know, you're going to put the ball up and he's going to grab it. It's like a security blanket for the quarterback, knowing that if there's nothing open, Kelsey's going to be there. Yeah, Alex, this guy's all time. You know, he he's something special. And I guess, you know, if, you know, Patrick Mahomes has had challenges with his receivers at, at times, but it just feels like that connection with Kelsey, it's just always on point. It's always perfect. And if things break down, he just always seems to be an option. You know, his ability to 
to, to, to I guess find space uh, and, 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 and and guess create create an opportunity. It's uh, Travis Kelsey. He's a special player. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think there's such a great rapport between those two players because if one's kind of off, the other kind of steps up and goes, no, no, you got to be on the same page as me, buddy. Like there's no kind of miscommunication between the two of them. And and that's always kind of fun to see because, you know, even when Mahomes is kind of struggling, Kelsey just, even if it's kind of off his route, he just makes himself quarterback friendly. And I think that kind of knowledge for him as a receiver from a tight end perspective is why he and Mahomes look so good together. And I think like that, he targets Kelsey just as much as he does. He's number one receivers. So it just goes to show, like you said, the connection and the trust that they have in each other. But it also makes it, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that Andy Reid has a predictable offense by any means, but it always seems so that if you're always looking at someone, then the other is always the option, you know? So like you said, you know, if Kelsey and Mahomes aren't having a great day, then you can still guarantee that Kelsey's going to go out there and make everyone draw the eyes so that, Tyreek Hill pops open, you know. So in terms of whether defences can match up with, it's the unknowns with Mahomes, you know. He just makes those incredible throws that you go, how is that humanly possible? And that's what makes them a kind of a super special team. Yeah, and I think the Kansas City games, they draw a lot of eyes. So I think a lot of our listeners will be tuning into this game. One thing to keep an eye on for Kansas City is they have completely rebuilt their offensive line. We're not just talking one or two plays. The whole thing has been rebuilt off the back of that Super Bowl uh, performance. So, you know, uh, something that is a little bit different is that Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, he played in the preseason and Andy Reid has spoken about, you know, him needing to sort of build a connection there with his offensive line. So keep an eye out for that. That could go to one or two ways. We could see a big improvement, uh, but obviously a lot of changes have been made within that group. So it will be interesting to see how they perform. All right, guys, well, let's do some predictions. Again, I'm expecting a bit of a clean sweep here with Kansas City. Uh, again, I'm seeing some very uh, some very confident nods around the table. Stacey, why will Kansas City win this game? It's Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, you know, what Alex did in the last game and say that it's going to be super tight, like super tight. And it's going to be that who can pound the rock the harder. I think it's going to be a battle of the receivers. Like it's going to be a high passing game, lots of catches, lots of receptions, because I don't see any of the secondary stepping up and making big plays. I mean, you've got Tyron Matthew, though. I mean, he's, you know, he, he's the honey badger, man. Like, and, and yeah. he's the key to that, to that Kansas City secondary. I no. think if the Browns have any chance of beating the Chiefs, they've got to go with their run game because their rush defense as far as Chiefs go is their biggest vulnerability, and they haven't bolstered that part in the offseason. So they're still the same. So if the Browns want any chance to do it, they got to put the ball on the ground because that is an excellent secondary that they're trying to throw against. And with the holes kind of that Browns have plugged and those newbies in those secondary roles, I think the Chiefs are going to have a better passing game. But if the Browns want to try, they've got to go for the run. However, I think the Chiefs will pull it off on a close Close game. All right, guys, and let's jump into our last segment of the night, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and in Rapid Fire this week, we are, well, it's it's exciting times because football's back and we get to whip around the remaining games and also pick out our underdog uh, tips of the week. Alex, we're going to start with you with the first batch of games. Uh, there's some exciting matchups here. Uh, yeah, take it away. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited that football's back. Um, I think if we're going down the order of games, Colts, Seahawks, Seahawks. You know, I see the Seahawks kind of taking this one out. I think you know they've got a stronger receiving core, and I think you know we all know Russell Wilson likes to run the ball. Um, as far as Texans Jags go, I'm excited to see my man Urban Meyer out there coaching. I think he's got a, a good young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. I think they've kind of bolstered their defense as well as their receiving core. So I see the Jack and with the Texans being the fire that they are right now, I see the Jags taking out this one. Um, Falcons Eagles, no Julio Jones for the first time in 10 years for the Falcons. I think their receiving core is going to struggle a little bit. Um, but then again, I think the Eagles have had some changes in the offseason that haven't quite gelled just yet. And as they're at the bottom as far as their pass defense goes. And I think with kind of Kyle Pitts coming in at tight end and Calvin Ridley, I see the Falcons taking this one. And with the last two, we got Washington Chargers. Well, with Chris Young, I mean, I got to go with my OSU boy. I mean, he's just awesome, along with um, Montez Sweat. You know, 7.5 and 9 tackles between the two of them. You know, L.A. Chargers, their O-line was rated last last season. So I got to go with Washington as far as defense winning games on this one. And my underdog of the week is the Bills Steelers. And I see the Steelers taking out this one. You know, their pass rush game is first in the league, or it was last year, you know, with T.J. Watt. And I think they've got a more depth in their wide receiver core than the Bills. So my underdog is going to be the Steelers beating the Bills. No, great work. And for our new listeners, you know, with our tips, it's easy to pick the favourites, but we're bold here. We run a bit of a competition at the end of the season. There will be a trophy on the line, so we do take it pretty seriously. So our underdog tip of the week is uh, is one that we, we definitely keep an eye on. So some good tips there. Seahawks, Jags, Falcons, uh, Washington to upset charges, and Alex's underdog tip of the week will be the Steelers. Very good. Uh, Stacey, uh, running through the next uh, run of games. Yeah, look, first up, we've got Lions versus 49ers. Um, Bosa. Bosa is back, and he's going to be all up in the face, Jared Goff. Uh, super excited to see that happen because Goff's obviously in a new system coming from the Rams um, and that the 49ers are actually finally back a little bit healthier than they were last year. So it's going to be a, an interesting game for those ones. Um, then we've got Bengals and the Vikings. I'm going to take the Bengals on my underdog because Burrow is back, uh, projected to have a record-setting season. Since the start of training camp, all they've been talking about is creating more explosive plays, and that's what they did when Burrow was healthy. Um, so I think they, they, they're going to be a, a good contender this year. Um, Vikings with Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, um, you know, it's just the Vikings. They are who they are at the moment, and I don't see much happening with them. And then we've got Panthers and the Jets, um, and, you know, they've got Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the Panthers are just going to pound it down the Jets' throats. Zach Wilson may shit the bed. That's my prediction. I like it. I like it. Uh, so plenty of, plenty of uh, interesting picks there. So, yeah, 49ers there. Uh, we've got the Bengals in a big upset. Uh, so, obviously, all eyes will be on Joe Burrows. And, uh, yeah, Carolina Panthers with that new Q- uh, QB and Sam Donald. Um, yeah, coming up against his old team, I think there's going to be there's going to be a lot of feeling uh, in that one. All right, and if we have a look at the next uh, next few games, uh, I've got the uh, the Tennessee Titans coming up against the Arizona Cardinals. Look, this is a, it, this is a little bit of a, a difficult game uh, for our punters out there. I, I, I tend to avoid this game because it, it is a little bit of a fifty fifty, only because of uh, Kyler Murray 
for, for Arizona Cardinals. He is electric. He is devastating. I think they are going to they are going to ask him to sit in the pocket and throw more. Um, he's definitely got the talent there, but when things break down, he just cuts uh, he cuts defenses to pieces with his legs. He's not just a mobile quarterback. He is the fastest player on that football field. So keep an eye out for Kyler. But look, for me, I am going to go with the Tennessee Titans. I just think they've just got too much firepower. I never thought I'd be fully backing a Ryan Tannehill-led offense. But, you know, with Julio Jones there, um, you've got A.J. Brown and then also the big monster, uh, Derrick Henry there running the football. I just think they've got too many points in them. And then stepping through to the next one now, my New England Patriots take on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, look, I think this is going to be this is going to be a big danger game for New England. I think everyone's very confident that the Patriots will get this done, but you know th- this is this is new times. I, I think you know Miami, they're a really good chance of competing for this division, uh, and the Patriots they've taken a big risk. They're, they've they've kind of been honest with themselves. They knew they were going to go to Mac Jones at some point in, in the season. So why not do it to start? So I think we're going to see some growing pains out of Mac early on in the season as they, as they, uh, yeah, as they try and take down the Miami Dolphins. But for me, can't go against my team. Got to go the Patriots. And the last one I've got here is the New York Giants taking on the Denver Broncos. Look, for me, this is going to be my upset of the week. I'm going Denver here to upset uh, New York. I think for me... This is a really critical year for Daniel Jones in terms of where he is in in his career. And just for me as a fan, you know, for me, I just haven't been able to, I just haven't been impressed by his play. Um, And given the market there in New York, you know, there are a ton of young, talented quarterbacks that are coming through in the next couple of drafts. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Daniel to show that he is the man there to lead that team moving forward. Um, But for me, yep, going to go with the Denver Broncos. I thought it was really brave to go with Teddy Bridgewater it means that they're trying to protect the football, cut down on the turnovers, and if they do that, I think they can get the job done. All right, Beck, let's finish it off with the uh, remaining games in week one of the NFL. Yeah, so up first I got the Saints versus the Packers. This is a tough one for me because I feel like it's going to be a really close game between the two. However, I just think that Aaron Rodgers is going to come out with a vengeance. He's got something to prove. He, you know, had a bit of a... Rocky offseason not being happy with the team and the league and them doubting his abilities. I think he's just going to come out and throw that ball and sling it. Don't, don't like wait on Jameis Winston, but because I think he's going to step up and lead that team and do some really awesome things at the Saints. Um, he's definitely not replacing Drew Brees. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that he is capable of sitting in that pocket and slinging that ball down into the end zone a few times throughout the season. Um, and then up next, I have the Rams and the Bears. Um, yeah, I think this is a no-brainer. I think I'm going to go with the Rams. I just, if, different story, if Justin Fields was starting, I just don't think that Andy Dalton is going to be able to sit in the pocket against his Rams defense and, you know, throw the ball, or even run the ball. Like Aaron Donald is one of the better DNs of all time. Like he's going to get in the, back, in the backfield. He's going to disrupt play. He's going to, you know, screw up that offense and do whatever he can to turn over the ball. And I just don't think Aaron Donald is going to be able to, um, yeah, pass over that D-line. And then last of all, last game is the Raiders and the Ravens. Um, I think everyone's looking at the Ravens thinking, you know, Lamar Jackson doesn't have a running back. He's, you know, coming into the season with a bit of an off play preseason, not, being able to train with that running back and all those kind of things. But if you look at his previous stats, he has rushing yards just as many as a running back. Like I think his last two seasons, he rushed over a thousand yards. So he's definitely got potential, but I am taking the Raiders in this week. I just think that 
for a bit of an upset and an underdog, I'm going to go with Derek Carr, John Gruden, you know, in that offense, hopefully coming out and taking over the Raiden, the Ravens' defense. Yeah, I love that. All right, plenty of value there as well. So obviously with uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back in his in his uh, well, in his farewell tour there in Green Bay, he's going to get the job done against the Saints. First up, you've got the Rams to punish the Chicago Bears. Alex is uh, yeah, not too happy with that tip, but I, I think we can see there that she's quite nervous about this with this Week One clash. So um, yeah, we'll be interesting to see. And a huge underdog tip of the week there from Beck um, going the Las Vegas Raiders. They are just really on the nose with um, I guess everyone at the moment. Not uh, there's not a lot of people that are expecting much out of this team. But again, uh, there's a lot of talent there, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting clash. All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we had uh, tonight. As always, just want to thank my amazing panel for always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. Really excited to have week one of the NFL back. And to our listeners, if you did enjoy the show, we hope you did. Please download, subscribe, find us on social media. We're available on all platforms. Please like, comment, send us some feedback. We really appreciate it. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.